Welcome, my name is Carl Schostrom, and this episode is going to be looking at base salary. And like all episodes in this series of getting executive compensation, it will provide a high-level overview of what base salary is, and then a few pointers as to what you may want to consider when you're looking at and evaluating how a company pays base salaries to its executives. So, it's the base salary. It's a fixed rate of compensation that an individual gets paid for employment. So, uh, any job would attract some sort of an arrangement. Now, that can be in the form of wages. But when it comes to executive compensation, it's almost always the case that we pay individuals based on a fixed annual rate, which is then divided into typically 12 monthly payments. You can have weekly or bi-weekly uh, payments as well, and you can have contractual arrangements and 13th, 14th, 15th months uh, payments. But really what we're looking at here mainly is how much do people get paid for the year? What's the fixed rate of uh, pay? And this fixed aspect is really what makes base salary very, very important because this is the element that is predictable. It's the one element that the individual can expect with some degree of certainty to get, uh, but also the company can plan around. So you tend to tie all other aspects of reward or most other aspects of reward like the short-term incentive opportunity, the long-term incentive opportunity, the pension contribution and life assurance and so on, you tend to tie to the base salary because it is the predictable fixed pay element. When we set base salaries, we set them for positions. And there's always a lot of debate around whether people are worth their salaries or not. And unfortunately, pay is not set according to the value of the individual, because if that was the case, you would find that uh, divorce lawyers and drug dealers would be extremely poor and I would be extremely rich. But that's not the case. So we set it for positions and those positions are impacted value wise in different ways. And we'll have a different episode which looks at how levels of pay are set, and also another episode that looks at market data. But suffice to say for now, base salaries are set for the position, and we then increase the salary every year or every six months, and sometimes it takes a few years. And those increases are first and foremost to maintain the purchasing power of the salary. So we may alter it with the retail price index or equivalent that exists in the country. We may alter it according to the general wage inflation, which would be different to the retail price inflation. Or we may just go with how the market moves for different positions. Or we may have a negotiated uh, settlement. And that negotiation could be dependent on collective bargaining processes where the trade union negotiates with with the, the company, 
or it could be on an individual basis, which would be more typical for executive compensation purposes. In increases as well, we don't just see adjustments for the cost of living, but we also see so-called merit increases. And merit increases are salary increases that come about as a reflection of the contribution an individual has made. Maybe the individual has grown in the role, or maybe the individual has delivered significantly, and the reward for that performance is an increase in salary. What is important to note is that all increases of a base salary means an increase of the fixed costs to the company. And those fixed costs are not just the base salary costs, but as I said earlier, we tend to also run a lot of other compensation elements off the base salary. So we'll impact fixed costs like pension costs and also impact variable costs that, like those we have from incentives and uh, both the long-term and short-term of those. But we'll talk more about that in uh, future episodes. So what should we be looking out for when we are evaluating how companies pay base salaries? Well, the first thing is to look at how does the company govern base salaries and pay in general. The reason that we've seen such a an enormous interest in executive compensation and how executive compensation is reported in annual reports and accounts, proxy documents, and so on, uh, is because many investors believe that the way that the board governs levels of pay and how pay is implemented is a true litmus test of how well the organization as a whole is governed or rather what control that the board has over management in particular. So base salary increases and how it's managed and explained is very important. And included in that governance process is how is pay set, uh, what, uh, what is the decision chain, if you like, that leads to the decision that's taken for top management individuals in particular, but also down through the organization. Related to that is uh, the second point, which is how does a company differentiate around base salaries? So as I said, we tend to set base salaries according to the position that the individual holds. We may differentiate on seniority. So yeah, managers are, are paid more than the individuals who report to them. But we may also differentiate on things like how rare are the skills that are required for a certain position? Uh, what is the education uh, that the individual has um, uh, gone through, um, both in terms of university education and other professional qualifications? Do you need to have been employed for a long time? If you look at um, the airline industry, for example, than pilots, uh, the longer they have been employed by the organization, the more they would be paid. If you have uh, different uh, responsibilities compared to others and so on. So the differentiation is very important. And it's it's also important to understand how we differentiate between the different levels. So is there a sense, sensible distribution of pay within the organization? 
And I, I believe it was an old colleague, William Eggers, uh, in Germany, uh, who uh, who started to plot the uh, the Lorenz curve within organizations to see how the pay structure was distributed within. Because in Germany, you have a requirement to ensure that the pay is not only reasonable against the market, but also reasonable by internal reference points. So the differentiation within the company says a lot about the company. So it's something to look out for, in particular if you have the ability to have that insight, for example, if you're sitting on the remuneration committee. The last thing I just want to touch on with regard to base salary is to look out for under or overpayments. So if we if we underpay someone, we are clearly at risk that that individual may leave because it always comes a point, no matter how unmotivated you think you are with regard to money, that you feel yourself at least be underappreciated. So people eventually start to look. They can't perhaps afford not to. Similarly, if we overpay, then individuals will struggle to find alternative employment. And indeed, if if we think it'd be better for the individual and organization to part ways, that can be extremely both stressful and difficult if uh, the individual can't afford to go to any other company because he or she has uh, got used to a level of pay that is significantly above where the position pays. Linked to this is that it's very important that the organization continuously reviews and and checks whether people are positioned correctly in the market and and internally with regard to their pay. If you're not, then there's a chance you'll see very volatile patterns uh, from the company. So very sharp increases in some years uh, versus no increases in others. And we will see this sort of thing uh, following financial or like pandemic crisis where companies very, very violently pull the reins and don't make any increases to then in the future need to catch up with, with larger increases. And for executive compensation, this is an issue because many observers don't recognize that executives typically are like any function within the organization that has rare skills or rare competences uh, where you need to basically move pay and compensation at a faster pace than elsewhere in the organization. It is not the case anywhere that pay moves uniformly, no matter what the collective bargaining uh, uh, dictates. In reality, the pressures are quite different. And if we have high pressures on the executive group and we don't in- make increases because financially we can't afford to or it's politically incorrect to do so at the time, then we may struggle to make adjustments in the future because investors and governments and financial market observers believe that, um, or many believe that, increases shouldn't exceed those of the wider employee population. And there's a massive contradiction here in in uh, in, um, in reality and practice. Uh, so big thing to look out for if you if you're looking at patterns of pay and to to make sure that uh, 
you don't end up with a group of individuals who are significantly underpaid and therefore putting their positions at risk. I hope this has been helpful to you. I hope you've found it interesting. And I hope that you'll join me in future episodes of Getting Executive Conversation. My name is Carl Schostrom, and thank you for listening.